And we've been in a season, and I just want very quickly, I'm not going to hold you long here, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1 if you have that. We've been going through all of the different uh, themes when it comes to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's one of the oldest songs in our our hymn books. It's a uh, song from the Middle Ages. And with each one of the lines of, or each verse of that song, there is a different name of Christ. And most of the time, it's just a name that we're like, okay, that sounds nice. But there is a biblical connection to the name. We have different verses uh, of that song, O come, O come, Emmanuel. You go, where's that from? Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 8. You can find uh, this reference. And it just simply means this, with us, God. That, that was not just merely a redeemer or a savior was going to come to Israel. No, it was God in human flesh. And that the sign of this one would be uh, one who was born of a virgin. And uh, that was the sign that was promised. You have uh, uh, this verse, O come, O come, great Lord of might, uh, who to your tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times did give the law and cloud and majesty and on. We looked at that passage and that's from the story where the law was given on Mount Sinai and it wasn't necessarily a, 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 song or a section of Israel's history that was to give them comfort. The law was to frighten them. That the approach to God was not easy. It was not something that uh, was going to be uh, something that was uh, going to happen by mankind's own working and own doing. No, the Lord of might, as we looked at that passage, is not the Lord of the law. It's the Lord of Mount Zion, the one who can actually save uh, on the cross and be able to do that. We looked at the next verse on that. O come, O branch of Jesse's stem. Well, that just kind of continues that theme from Isaiah chapter 7, that the Lord would be with us, that God would be with us. Uh, You go through and you find that the nation of Israel was about to suffer the loss of their land. They were going to be hauled out of the land. The monarchy was going to be cut off, which was the line of David. And you go, well, who was David a descendant of? Jesse. And even though it looked like in the nation of Israel's history that they were completely cut off, that their kings were gone, There was one who was going to come. A branch out of this cut-down tree uh, was going to come out and be the Savior of the world, not only of the nation of Israel. And we looked at that last week. The one that we're going to look at just this morning very quickly, this one. O come, O bright and morning star, and bring us comfort from afar. Dispel the shadows of night and turn our darkness into light. Now, if you read through different contexts and different passages, you'll see it sometimes as you see, hear this song sung, you'll hear it referred to as the, the day spring. Or uh, the, it, is, uh, it would be this, uh, the, the day star. And in this case, uh, in our context, it's translated the bright and morning star. You know, where does that come from? Well, we've got a passage in Luke chapter 1 where we've asked you to turn this morning that plays off a theme that was way, way back in Israel's history. When Israel was leaving the, the land of the Exodus and they were wandering for 40 years and they finally uh, headed towards the land of Israel, they had to go through uh, some lands that were opposed to them, Moab and Ammon and places like that. And one of the kings there hired a guy by the name of Balaam. 
to try and curse the nation of Israel. Now for us, we remember Balaam being the, the guy who had the, the conversation with his, his pets, which is not unusual. Many of you do talk to your pets, but not in the way that uh, that donkey was communicating to him. And that uh, was uh, that he was not to go and curse the nation of Israel, but uh, he went ahead and did this anyways. And every time he tried to bless the nation of Israel or curse the nation of Israel from wherever spot he was at, he would then bless them. God came, overcame him. And, and you find that in his prophecy, he just simply said this, He hath said and heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling to a trench. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. You go, what is it saying there? Well, there's going to be a star that comes out of Jacob, someone that is got power might it's going to be obvious to who he is and a scepter you go what's that a king's going to ride out rise out of judah well for 1400 years that prophecy really wasn't fulfilled it wasn't until you had the birth not of jesus but the birth of a baby by the name of john john the baptist his dad was Zacharias. He was the one who was told he couldn't speak until uh, his child was born. And then he named his son John. And his son was to be the precursor, the one to go before, to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the way of Christ when he came. And the prophecy about his son, Zacharias, at the end of that uh, passage, in verse number 76, said about his son John, "'Thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest.'" For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby by the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light unto them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace." What Zacharias connects with is this passage that we looked at from the time of, well, 1,400 years, for he simply said this, there's going to be a day star that arises. And you go, well, what does that mean? Well, for us, some of you aren't up early enough to see this, but there's this, this star that appears in the morning early before the sun rises. You know, what is it? We now know today it's not a star, it's Venus. But it rises, and, and, and what is it? It's an anticipation that the day's coming, that something good is coming. Well, for us, as we look at Jesus Christ, you go, well, his birth, even though it was small in nature, when you look at his birth, it's an insignificant birth in a manger in Bethlehem to parents who are poor and seemingly insignificant. What this son was was a promise of good things to come. You go, what good things? Well, Zacharias mentions these things. That there is, in verse number uh, 77, that this one is going to give the knowledge of salvation. And you say, well, how does a person get salvation? Their sins are going to be forgiven. That's the only way to have salvation, to have a place in heaven, is to have your sins forgiven because the sins that we have are the things that separate us from God. This one who was going to come into the world was going to be one who would give knowledge of salvation to his people. And through the tender mercy of our God, 
Do you realize you don't deserve to be eternally with God in heaven? Scripture is very clear. We're sinners. We're enemies of God. But God in His mercy. And you say, who's the mercy? The mercy is Jesus Himself. He's the gift of God that says, listen, you were uh, worthy of sin or worthy of death because of your sin. But as you read the story through, as you go through the Gospels, you find that this babe born in the manger went to a cross. He lived a sinless life. You go, why? Because then he could die to pay our sins, to pay the death penalty for our sins so that we could be with God forever. You go, what's that? Well, some describe it as grace. It's a gift that's given to us. But really, it's this, it's mercy. We don't get what we really deserve, which would be separation from God forever because we're sinners. And what you find is this, is that this one Jesus is going to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death. And to what? To guide us, as that last uh, verse set that we read, to guide us in the way of peace. You go, what, what's that peace? Peace with God. I mean, mankind's looking for all kinds of peace in this world, but ultimately they're not going to be settled until they have peace with God. And that peace is through this babe in the manger, here described in this song, as the bright and morning star, or the day spring, or the day star. He's a promise of good things to come, great things to come. That's a great eternal day for us to be able to enjoy. When I was studying this out, I had forgotten this, that there is a statement that we have in our scriptures that connects with this this song this bright and morning star it's the last statement of christ in our bible you go to the book of revelation and you look at chapter 22 and you go through and you're looking perhaps at you know you've got a red letter edition of the, the, the scriptures and you see the statements of christ and they're highlighted in red the last statement that you see in Revelation chapter 22 attributed to the Lord is just simply this. In closing off that book where he says, I've promised you all these things. I've given you life eternal. I've got, given you heaven. You've seen all these things. He then makes this statement in verse number 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel or my messenger to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root, which points back to the rod of Jesse, the root of Jesse, and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. That's the final statement that our Lord gives uh, out of His mouth that we have recorded in the Scriptures, that He is that bright and morning star, the one who gives the hope of a great and glorious day. My question for you on a, a day like this is, do you have peace with God? That peace only comes through this one who was born in the manger. He was born to save. He was born to save us from our sins, as you heard in the songs. And the question is, you say, how do I receive it? Like you would tomorrow, when some of you open your gifts, you go, what do you have to do to get a gift? You just simply receive it and take it. So it is, as Jesus Christ's death on the cross, you go, that was given for me. And that you take that and say, I need this because I'm a sinner far separated from God. But this one who is the light, who is the bright and morning star, died so that I could have life eternal. I put my faith and trust in it. It's taking a gift. And what you will find is the Scripture says you'll find true peace. You'll find that in this babe who was in the manger, the bright and morning star. 
And I trust that you put your faith in Him. If you don't know uh, the Savior, I'd be happy to talk about that so that you could have the greatest gift that you could ever have. One that never fails. One that you'll never have to return. And that's found in Jesus, this babe, the star. Lord, we thank You. We're thankful for Jesus being willing to come into this world and mistreated Him, abused Him. He was willing to die for us as sinners, to give us mercy, to be that light, a promise of a glory that's eternal and we have to look forward to. Lord, we pray today that if there's one that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that they would receive Him as a gift. You've offered Your Son. You've promised life eternal through Jesus, Your Son. So Lord, today, if there's one that doesn't know Christ as Savior, would they put their faith and trust in Jesus alone to bring them salvation and true light and peace for eternity with You. Lord, we love You. We thank You for Your goodness uh, to us uh, in uh, this uh, season. May we be reminded of it and rejoice in it. And this we pray in the name of Your Son. Amen. I do have a couple of announcements. I do want to remind you of the fact that uh, there is no midweek services this week. So if you're looking to be here this week, there are...